We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Farm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio. Today we'll be talking with Mike Espy, former Ole Miss wide receiver, also with Jarrell Poe. Both those guys coming up here in a couple minutes. It is uh, obviously Eli Manning Day on campus on Saturday, so we'll discuss Eli and plenty more. Ole Miss LSU 230 CBS. We are brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Remember to go by, get your selfie done anywhere in the vicinity of the Oxford Exxon or the Blue Sky locations, and they will uh, automatically enter you into a chance to win an Ole Miss football helmet. If you just put it on Twitter, you need to tag Oxford Exxon, hashtag Blue Sky Rebels, and be automatically entered into that. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he will send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests like Mike Espy, Jarrell Poe, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford would be a great place for coming in this weekend. Go by, grab a beer, grab an appetizer, grab a burger, po' boy. Um, great uh, beer selection, full bar, the whole deal there at Rafters. Uh, probably suggest going earlier in the day. The crowd at night's going to be a little younger, a little crazier, unless that's your deal, at which point go for it. Um, but be a fun place this weekend as LSU comes to town. Again, that's Rafters on the uh, square. And then don't forget Rafters in New Albany as well. So we'll go to Mike in uh, in just a minute. Again, uh, Neil's Picks is up on the site at rebelgrove.com. A lot of content, plenty of stuff, some recruiting, big visitor list heading into uh, the weekend from a recruiting standpoint. We'll have more recruiting as the, uh, the week goes into definitely tomorrow morning and more. So uh, just a little heads up there from a, uh, from a site standpoint at Rebel Grove. Um, Probably go over picks at some point, but we'll see where this uh, this goes over the next two interviews. Again, my guest be coming up here in a second on the uh, on the hotline, and then Jarrell following that. Uh, yeah, I'm getting you have the number. Yeah, I'm getting um, FaceTime audio up. <laughs> Is that what we're using? <laughs> yeah, tell him I'll be calling him okay. on FaceTime audio. Yeah, sorry guys, it's just all over the place today. It, I don't it is what it is. It, yeah. it it didn't want to start. Um, I have not actually. I have not been downtown grind. I don't know what it looks like downtown right now. I don't know if it's hopping, if it's busy. I don't know what last night was. I was not. I was not in the vicinity. But I look tickets. This will be a sellout, even if they have not announced. Yes. They were down inside a thousand tickets yesterday. At some point that even I had I had heard or seen, so it's it, it's all good from that standpoint. Hey, Mike Espy joins us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Mike, I appreciate you spending some time with us here on this uh, Thursday morning. I started to say Friday morning. My week, I, I've lost track of days since Monday this week. So thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you, you having me on. Uh, Friday morning will be great. A little closer to Saturday. <laughs> I, on Monday, I thought it was Tuesday, and I, I have not – 
I have not adjusted all week. So to hell with it. Let's just call it Friday. We'll just have a 48-hour Friday. Sounds good with me. Just kind of curious, Mike. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple different things, but obviously Eli Manning Day on Saturday. It looks like a ton of former players back in town. I was talking to somebody last night who said maybe the biggest crowd of former players it's been since they could remember. When do you recall hearing the name Eli Manning for the first time? For the first time? Uh, I was Obviously, I was in high school um, getting recruited by a lot of teams. Um, and then, honestly, when he got, came in a game for West Virginia, against West Virginia, I, I saw him – do his thing, uh, you know, came in mop-up duty, but pretty much I think he scored five touchdowns, had five, four or five touchdown drives. But saw that, I was pretty impressed, and, and Ole Miss uh, got a little bit more hot on my radar. So it definitely had an impact on you from a recruiting standpoint. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, as a, obviously as a wide receiver uh, going to play college ball, you're, you're looking at who's at the quarterback position. And, and uh, you know, I was already hot on Ole Miss. Um, but at that point, I was thinking about Florida State, um, Florida, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. And when I was looking at the quarterback situation across the board, at that point, uh, you know, Eli Manning really started to raise Ole Miss, my eyebrows a little bit with Ole Miss. Where would you have gone? Who, who was second? I mean, what was kind of your recruitment like to that point? Well, you know, growing up, Growing up, my my favorite school was always Florida State. Uh, you know, I'm a Bobby. I was a Bobby Bowden fan, and you know, you guys remember Peter Ward. That was mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite players, and who I tried to model my game after. Uh, so I would honestly say it was it was Florida State, Tennessee, then Ole Miss. Uh, you know, I actually committed to Chris Spencer, and I committed to Tennessee. Um, but then we went on our official visit to Ole Miss, and and then there was a wrap after that. What was it about the visit, Mike? What, what what happened that weekend that turned it? Well, uh, when I got there, man, my hosts were Deuce McAllister, and Romero Miller, and um, we we had a we had a great time. Um, I'll say it was it was the Ole Miss visit, but also when we went to Tennessee, uh, you know, I listen, I love Tennessee, but at the same time, it just was not the same as, as Oxford, Mississippi. They were they were uh, Ole Miss coaches were real, uh, down to earth. I didn't, I didn't see any, any, any fuzz around the things that they were saying, and uh, obviously, the Eli thing was a big, a big difference for me too, as opposed to who was at Tennessee. This is where I always feel compelled to make my argument that I've made now for years, and this is probably the wrong day to do it because obviously Ole Miss is doing the right thing by retiring Eli Manning's jersey because of what he meant to the school, the program, the state, the town, everything. Ole Miss should retire Romero Miller's jersey. Oh, I agree. I, I, I agree. You know, I agree on Ole for two reasons. Uh, one being what he did for Ole Miss, what the, the, the numbers he put up, but also I, I like to see that number 11 get retired too. <laughs> 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 and just don't put a name. Just just put put the eleven. Don't don't even put a name. Just put eleven. No, you know it's it's and then let the people think what they want it think. out. Yeah, Dontario Drummond's like hell yeah, let's do that. Um, you know it's just one of those things. It's uh, I I think I think people because it's been so long, right? We're in twenty twenty one, and and people forget that what what it was like twenty something years ago. It when Romero signed with Ole Miss, it wasn't cool. Or, uh, or it was more difficult, I should say, to get um, an African-American player from Mississippi who was highly recruited by other high-profile programs. It was very difficult to get those players to come because of a myriad of reasons. And once he did, I thought he blazed a trail. I thought he made it easier for Tommy Tuberville and subsequently David Cutcliffe and the future coaches to sign those types of players. And obviously you were one of those types of players. You had tons of options. And I just think I think the trail got, got blazed in large part by Romero and then Deuce and Terrence Metcalf and those guys. But Romero was the first one to to pull the trigger. I've always thought that was a really big deal for Ole Miss. Well, I agree. I agree. Like you said, he blazed the trail. Um, he got a lot of us to come to follow suit after he did, man. So I agree. 
Yeah, well, you, you get to campus, you talk about Eli against West Virginia and all that stuff. I mean, I, I, obviously you've been around seeing some quarterbacks and whatever, but what was it about him that was different? I mean, just how he spun it? I mean, how would you sort of put into to put into words kind of what that was like just playing with him and catching passes from him? Man, listen, uh, Eli was a guy, he set the bar high. He set the, the expectations around him very high. Um, he was he was a coach on the field. Uh, so, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a, a whole bunch of reasons that made him a different guy. It's like when he stepped on the field, you got your quarterback who gets in the huddle, uh, and everybody's like, okay, like kind of unsure. Then you have your quarterback who steps in the huddle, and his confidence goes throughout everybody else on the team. You know, I remember, I remember a game where I ran a dig route coming across the middle, and Eli threw me a pass, right? But I turned my head late. Uh, and I dropped the ball. Eli came to me. He was like, hey, look, Mike, like, forget about it. I'm coming back to you. Well, obviously, that's what a, a quarterback is going to say to a receiver to get his confidence back up or whatever. But the thing is, when he said it to me, like, I, I didn't see any fluff. I believed it. And then that was subsequently in the Cotton Bowl, and he threw me the touchdown pass. Um, but – he just he just puts confidence in you, man. And not only that, his skill set from throwing the ball. You know, when while I was playing with him, I'm not going to say I took it for granted, but at the same time, I I didn't realize what a special uh, passer he was. You know, the balls they weren't too hard. They were they were literally perfect uh, with the in terms of the touch. Um, you know, so his skill set is amazing. His his level of game understanding and being another coach on the field is something that exudes confidence throughout the coaches, throughout the players, and you just want to go out there and go to war with him. Pretty banged up at the wide receiver position on Mike. You stayed in pretty good shape. You you good to suit up? You got one more in you on Saturday? Hey man, listen, I can get anybody right now in a ten yard span. <laughs> All right. Beyond that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Throw me a hitch, throw me a curl, that kind of stuff. You know, a couple of hits, though, and you're probably done, right? I mean, it... look, man, I'm a grown man. I'm not trying to take any hits. So, yeah, exactly. probably one hit. Yeah. I'm going to call it a day right yeah, now. Absolutely. You know, y'all, y'all spun it a little bit. I mean, Eli threw for a lot of yards over the course of, of, of his career. But when you see these offenses today, I mean, you train with a lot of guys and whatever. I mean, it, just as a former wide receiver, you salivating? I mean, the game has changed so much offensively and is so pass-happy and different things. I mean, what could you have done in 2021? Oh, my gosh. Listen, if, if I feel like if I was, play, if I was playing in, in some of these offenses, not only just how much they pass, but the way they move players around. Uh, to give them opportunities to catch the ball. You know, when I was playing, we played in a pro-style offense, and you had Chris Collins on one side, and I was on the other side. Now, as my career at Ole Miss progressed, yes, we did do a, a little bit of moving around, but it was not like they do today. Mm-hmm. So, man, like, if, if we played in a if – that, if that offense played in the way that offenses play today, there are no telling the type of numbers that we would have put up. But I will say at the end of the day – uh, your objective is not necessarily putting up gaudy numbers. It is to win. And, um, you know, that 2003 season, we went 10-3 and with the one loss to LSU. And that's the year they won a national championship. Now, I wish we could have that game back. Um, but I think we were pretty successful. What do you remember about that game? What sticks out in your mind when you reflect on it? I, I suspect you try not to reflect on it a whole lot. But when you do, what, what sticks out? Man, I try not to, but it's times like these where all those memories come come flushing back. Um, I remember, I remember the atmosphere. The atmosphere was insane that game. Like I don't know what the crowd was, but I do feel like I remember it was one of the highest selling games at that time. Um, you know, I remember, I remember the last play of the game. Last play of the game, uh, we were pretty desperate. We had to go down and score. Uh, I was lined up on the left side of the field. I ran down, and listen, every receiver is going to say this, but I feel like I was wide open. Uh, But then I feel like Eli, he was either the last play or before the last play, Eli dropped back and his foot got stepped on. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, his foot got stepped on by my uh, former Madison Central teammate, Doug Buckles. That's right. And then uh, and then the game was over. So that's what I remember, man. I remember being a great energetic game, but kind of a heartbreak. The thing that sticks out to me, I mean, obviously the, the, the field goals, everything everybody talks about, but that play, maybe even the first half, they ruled Chris stepped out on the sideline. And if you'd had instant replay in 03, I don't think he stepped out. And it's an early touchdown there, and you guys have a little more momentum early in the first half. Do you recall that at all? Yeah, I do, man. I, that was the look. That was a crap call. That was <laughs> that's your bottom line. That was a crap call. Uh, you know, referees get paid good money to make good calls. I feel like they should have <laughs> made that. But look, that's that's neither here nor there. We lost the game by three points. I believe we missed we missed two or three field goals. We did. Yeah, two. Um, so we never should have been in that position in the first place. Well, what was supposed to happen, happened, you know? What's your take on this year's team, Mike? Man, I am – I'm excited. I am um, very excited about what Lane Kiffin is doing with this team. This is this is an explosive team. Uh, you look at what they did with Tennessee at Tennessee, and they don't even have all of their targets. They don't even have all of their players. That depth – we're banged up, but, like, I know – of uh, some some reserve receivers that were behind the starters, I want, they are good. They are good, and but they don't have the experience that the others have. But once they begin to get that experience, I think they'll be they'll be just as explosive as the others. So I'm excited about this team, man. It's I love to watch this offense play and the defense. Like uh, I don't know what we're ranked in defense, but what I love about it is those guys fly around. They fly around, and when they hit you, they mean it. Talk about some of those young guys, if you would. I mean, I, I, I know you're referring to like Buckhalter and some of those guys that you've worked with. How, how good can those guys be? And you've been in that spot before where you're new to college. It's new system, new experience and all that. What, what does it take to sort of break through that and start contributing? Opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm I'm referring to yeah, Buck Buckhalter. Buck I'm talking about Dennis Jackson. Um, just opportunity, and when they get the opportunity, what do they what do they do with it? You know, you saw Dennis came in. He ran that sluggo route, which was a great route. He ran a very like he ran a route like he was a seasoned vet, um, and he scored that touchdown. That's what they have to do. Do that consistently. Then you build your confidence up. Then you go out there. Then you expect to make the plays. Now listen, um, you, listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt you here. You got to be careful using the word confidence around Dennis Jackson because the other day we got to talk to Dennis and Lane Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Ole Miss, literally minutes earlier had said, "I really hope that play leads to Dennis having more confidence." And so I, thinking that I'm being a, a good reporter, asked Dennis if that play kind of gave him some confidence, and. He glared several daggers right through me and essentially said that I've always had confidence. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't say you didn't. I'm quoting the coach. And, and he, so Dennis, Dennis would tell you that there's always been immense confidence. But Look, that, That's what you want to hear. That you, you want your guys to be that, that way. You want your guys to talk about the confidence they have. But, like, there's, there's confidence that you have within yourself uh, based off what you, you know you can do. And there's confidence in yourself. Because you did it right. Those yeah. are those are like two completely different things. And I, and I agree with with Coach. You know, he went out there and ran a heck of a route, scored a touchdown, and that I hope has given him more confidence about his skill set at the next level through his actions and what he's done, not necessarily what he thinks he could do. So I I, I hope so. And when he and when that guy when he comes and breaks out to his own, he's gonna be special. What do you tell a guy like Jacour Pearson a week after he has a tough game? Like, you know, you, all of a sudden you're playing a lot. Uh, Chase post snap counts on Monday. I don't remember how many it was, but he played, a, something. He played a lot of snaps. He had some drops. He had, a, had a, a rough game. What do you tell a guy like that knowing that the next week, odds are, man, you're, you're going to have those opportunities again? You say, hey, man, look, let's, let's go watch the film. Uh, let's, let's dissect what you did or what you didn't do well. But nine times out of ten, the reason why you had these drops, it was due to a lack of um, 
a lack of staying solid to your fundamentals. So let's let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the fundamentals. Let's look the ball in and let's do something because you're here for a reason. Right. We recruited you. We obviously we believe in you. So we want you to go out and do what we know you're capable of. But the only way you can do that if you 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 dial down on the details. And that's just it. You if you take you take all the all the press, all the words, all everything, even the film, so to speak. Take that out of the kid's mind and let's say, hey man, do what you do, do what you do best, and dial into the details because that's what makes somebody go from good to great and then somebody from great to even beyond that these professionals they're great with the details they work on the details it's not necessarily the this this crazy drills that they do no it's the basic stuff uh so that's what i would tell him just go go to who you are man because against lsu we're gonna need all of you and Mike, you still there? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah Okay, you, man. you went away for a second. Um, yeah, hey, hey, along those lines, we get this question a lot. John Rice Plumley's moved to receiver this year, and he plays. He plays some. He looks like he's getting a little bit of a bigger role, maybe out of necessity, maybe because of out of development. But how difficult is it for someone to learn the wide receiver position on the go? There's so much more to it than just hey, go run 10 yards and cut to the right. I mean, it's not like you're in the backyard. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, man, it's um, it's a lot harder than people think. Not only it's not run to this spot and go uh, from many standpoints, obviously your routes are timing routes. Some, some of your routes are timing routes. Uh, some, some plays you have to get into a particular area, a particular zone. You're literally reading coverages on the go as you run. Um, and then the defense can be unpredictable at times, so you have to adjust on the fly. Uh, but I think John Rice Plumley, man, it, it helps him being a quarterback because from the quarterback position, you got to understand what everybody's doing. So, you know, if, if you remember Michael Spurlock, he made that transition at the next level in college from wide receiver, excuse me, quarterback to wide receiver, and he went in and he played eight, nine years in the NFL. Um, and like, like guys like Antoine Randall. So going from the quarterback position to the wide receiver position, I said you got the natural skill set in terms of the speed, um, the really obviously the ability to break down and get in and out of routes. You will fall off a lot better than someone else uh, trying to do that from the mental aspect of the game. So I think he's going to be good. Mike, we told you to keep your own 15 minutes, a little over there. I appreciate it. Have a have a good weekend. We got to see you on Saturday. I know a lot of former players. Maybe you guys have a little bit of a reunion in, uh, in store with a lot of guys in town. Man, I look I look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of us back in town. We'll have my boy Mike Wallace back in town. That's my boy. Uh, Chris Collins and I are coming down. So, look, hotty tidy, man. I look forward to the weekend. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Take a break in the podcast, tell you about Johnston Hill Creamery. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com, and you still have time, if you hurry, to get uh, them delivered right to your spot in the Grove on campus for your catering and tailgate needs. They've got artisanal cheese trays, charcuterie boards with house-cured cheeses, meats, fruits, olives, much more, including house mustard and uh, plenty of other extra add-on items that you would like there from Johnston Hill Creamery. Again, that's johnstonhillcreamery.com. You can uh, right now reserve whatever you need. You can have it delivered straight to the straight to your spot in the Grove. That's 24 hours notice is all it takes. 662-419-9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Podcast also brought to you by Nick's Tan and Associates. That's nickstanoxford.com. For all the real estate needs in the Oxford area, the buy side, the sell side, I've used them multiple times. Let them help you as well. That's Clay DeWeese of Keith Graham and their team of associates. Clay is also your District 12 House of Representatives member here in Oxford. So uh, let them help you with all real estate needs. That's 662-281-1200 or nickstanoxford.com. That was Mike Wallace. Mike Espy. Mike Espy. He said Mike Mike Wallace. Wallace. (laughs) I love Mike Wallace. This is one of my favorite guys to cover. Yeah, you know, I've I, I, I told the story when he first signed. I got really confused for like three weeks because I was confused on if he was he, he went by two different names and I couldn't figure out if they had signed two wide receivers there for a minute because he went by Burnell Wallace and all the oh I remember that and then he was Mike Wallace and it was incredibly confusing. So anyway, 
Uh, Mike Espy there on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. Appreciate him. We're now going to uh, transition to Jarrell Poe here on the uh, the show. Again, Neil recorded from yesterday, but hang on the stream. We're going to put it there, be on the podcast as well. So now we'll go from one former player to another. We'll go back to the hotline, and we'll talk to former Ole Miss defensive lineman Jarrell Poe. A quick technical note. The last minute or so of this, Jarrell's video freezes, but you can still hear him. So um, here's Jarrell. FYI. Jarrell, it's great to see you. Thanks for uh, being with us on the show. So it's a, it's an honor to have you here. Big Neil, appreciate you having me on, buddy. So uh, we'll we'll talk about some. I want to get into some of your memories of some of your stuff at Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss LSU, and all that. But I know people would get mad at me if I didn't ask what you're up to these days, what you're doing, that kind of thing. Well, I'm just retired, enjoying life, raising my my little boy. Um, just got into a logistic company and I got some trucks on the road and started a small fencing company. But besides that, just enjoying life, trying to get some weight off me and raising my little boy. That's good. How old is he now? He's like eight or nine? Oh, he's six. Oh, he's Future six. Rebel. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. I always, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm a Louisiana boy. This game's always kind of been a, a cool game to me. Ole Miss and, and LSU It's just, it's, a, it's one of the best uniform games in the world, the contrast of the colors and all that stuff, and they've played some huge games, and you've been a part of them. When you think Ole Miss LSU, what comes to your mind? Just a work, just a rivalry within itself. Like you said, the history of the other of the two teams playing against one another. Um, as you've seen on Twitter, me and T-Bob been going back and forth. So, you know, it's, it's one of these games I always look forward to, just to talk trash, you know. You know how we feel about them. They feel the same way about us. It, you know, it reminds me even being in the locker room and uh, with Glenn Dawson, Tyson Jackson, and Travis Daniels. And them guys used to always say, boy, we hated playing y'all because we knew we was going to get y'all absolute best. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a fun game. It's one of the ones I definitely mark the, the schedule on to look forward to seeing. As a player, how is it different? than the Egg Bowl. It always felt different to me covering it. Like that, the week leading up to the LSU game felt completely different than the week leading up to the Egg Bowl. Well, like I said, you know, those guys, they are good. They always been a, a good program. So it's one of those games you just get up to play. Like I said earlier, we don't like them. They don't like us. So it's just one of those, just one of those teams that, that's out of state, one of those out-of-state rivals that you look forward to playing. So you played for Ed Orgeron. When you played for Houston Nutt, tell me, tell me your favorite Ed Orgeron story from from your time at Ole Miss when he was coaching you. But just his voice, man, just his presence and his voice. Uh, I could just remember like him just just when I went over to his house one time, and I just thought it was so funny how he used to always talk about catfishing and uh, pecan pie. He said, "Hey, yeah, 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 y'all." And when I was getting recruited from him, he called. Well, I tell you a funny story when. When, uh, when he was at SC, he called me, right? I had just committed to LSU on national television. He called me and said, hey, 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 Big Mike, you don't know who I am. I'm Ed Ogeron, head coach for football. I just took the head coach to all the Ole Miss. All I wanted to do was just give me a chance. I'll feed you all the corn pie and all the catfish you want in the world. I have my wife, Miss Kelly. She make the best with corn pie. He go to Hollywood. I said, man, is this guy crazy? <laughs> and it was our first conversation. I was just like, man, this guy is crazy, but – just his voice and the way he talking and his mannerism is just it's just always a fun guy to be around. He's always energetic and it's just always funny to hear him talk. Why do you think it didn't work for him at all at Ole Miss? To be honest, I think he needed some more time. We wanted to win right now, but he needed more time. I mean, let's just be serious. We, we, I mean, we know the talent, you know, that he brought to Ole Miss and that talent went on another level, and it had some success, successful time at Ole Miss. So I think he just needed more time. You mentioned that. I started on the beat in uh, March of 2008. That was my first time. I, I took over at, at Rivals, and I was covering Ole Miss. And I had not seen you guys play much working in Alabama because um, I was kind of getting SEC Game of the Week stuff. And to be honest with you, you guys weren't really playing in that SEC Game of the Week much in 06, 07. I was shocked by how much talent there was on the, the practice field that day in March. It was like looking around going, how come they, they didn't win? And 
And, and then, and, you know, like you, you and Parade Jerry and uh, Greg Hardy. Mark Stafford, Greg Hardy, Kendrick Lewis, Mike Wallace, Michael Orr, Ashley Palmer, Dexter McCluster. Jay so Hunter. many guys. John Jerry, Hodge. Yeah, man. So, so many guys. Like, I, I like when uh, what's crazy is I actually, like, when on Saturdays when I was playing in the league. So, we always talk, you know, we guys group up and we talk, and the guys talk about how many guys they got in the league. So, when I, a lot of guys kind of look down on Ole Miss, a couple guys, anyhow, when I told them, like Tyson Jackson, those guys, like all the guys we had in the league, they were shocked, like, man. Y'all boys should have won more than what y'all won early on when we was at Ole Miss. Like, man, I didn't know all those guys went to Ole Miss. So that 2008 season, there was there's a couple of things that stick out to me about that time. One was there was a practice in August. It was uh, back, in, back then you, you had two-a-days, and back then media had access to everything. And it had been a, a sloppy practice. And uh, I guess Parade Jerry – interrupted Houston Nutt, just stopped him and just starts yelling at everybody to listen to this the guy. That, you remember that? And the ultimate leader, man. Yeah, he was. And, and yet it took you guys a while to kind of believe that you could win. I mean, I remember hearing like coaches, Chris Vaughn would say this, Ron Dickerson would say this. He's like, this is a good team, but these guys don't believe they can win yet. They have to learn how to win. As a player, what? how, how hard was that to, quote, learn how to win, end quote? Well, just to give credit to Houston and his staff, one of the things they did do an excellent job is is making us believe. I think I think the dis I think the belief was down before them guys came. I mean, we had what I think it was two or three, three and nine records before them guys came. Something like that. It was it was terrible. But those guys came in and made us believe. And I remember that practice you was talking about with Parade Jerry. Excellent leader, the ultimate, ultimate leader, man. And I remember him saying, guys, we can win. All we got to do is believe, take what these guys has given us, apply it to the practice field, and take it to the game day. And that's one of the things they did, man, was just brought that belief system in us, guys. We all bought in. By the end of that 2008 season, could anybody have beaten y'all there at the end? I mean, the way y'all dominated in November – I don't think nobody could have beat us. I mean, we beat one of the most potent offenses in the country, Texas, well, Texas Tech. It's one of the best offenses in the last, what, 10, 20 years, man. I mean, so I don't think nobody could have stayed on the field with us. So that was dialed in. That 2008 LSU game, again, I've, I've seen LSU play a lot growing up in Louisiana and then covering the league all these years. That was one of those times that it was kind of like almost, I don't know what the word would be, kind of – from the press box, you could see you guys were just dominating them. I mean, you were – it was – there were a couple of those games. That was one in the Mississippi State game a couple of weeks later. With, I almost felt bad for the other quarterback. Like, those guys have no chance. I mean, they're running – I remember I got that hit when Parade hit, hit their quarterback. Uh, I forgot who their quarterback was at the time. Was it Jefferson? But yeah, man, we – no, 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 it was the guy before Jefferson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I we – can't remember, but y'all – Going into Tiger Stadium – and just flat out dominating them guys, having to kneel the ball on them on the I twenty going in, just saying we we got paid for you guys. You know how big that was. I still get Tyson and Glenn and them hell about that every time I talk to them. Like we've been talking noise all this week, and I said, man, we're gonna kneel the damn ball on y'all just like we did in '08. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even want to score no more, and we feel sorry for y'all. Now hold that tight. <laughs> Now, what about the were you, you were still there? Were you still there in 09 or was 08 your last year? No, no, I was there in 10 was my last year. 10 was your last year. That's right. So in 09, that, that was the the uh the clock game with Les Miles. What was what was that like on the field there in those final seconds where they're trying scared. to scare <laughs> scared better them than us? <laughs> yeah, I see somebody give a T Bob hell about that. On Twitter the other day, by snapping the ball, they was they was giving them hell about that. But it was it was it was it was scary. That was a good football team, and plus, you know, they, they had it out for us. We like you said, no, we had just stuck it to them down there in Tiger State, so they was trying to come back and, and kind of put it to us. So, but it was scary. But it was a, good, a hell of a ball game that night. I want to get your thoughts on um, where this Ole Miss program is now. 
Um, Lane Kiffin's kind of made Ole Miss, not kind of, he's made Ole Miss very relevant again. He's made Ole Miss must-watch television. Uh, Matt Corral, if the Heisman were passed out today, I think he'd probably win it. Um, but when you see the program where it is right now, what are kind of your, your, your thoughts on it? Man, I cannot be more happy to what a program, man. I mean, look at the season we had last year. I was telling guys we were struggling on defense. But for that guy to come in and take that offense and take our quarterback, take our quarterback when we when we really didn't have a quarterback at the time, right? He took our quarterback, the guy bought in, and look how look how they have progressed. And then here they is in years, was second year. And these guys is tearing it up. And I told my buddy that Matt Corral was going to win the Heisman. I know I you did. I was going to get you to tell this story. So back, Yeah, man. So I told summer. my buddy. I said, listen, man, I seen Joe Burrow, daddy, put $1,000 or whatever he put that his son was going to win the Heisman. And I told my buddy, I said, man, I'm going to put some money that Matt Corral is going to win the Heisman. We got the offense that can do it, man. I'm telling you, we got, a, we got some good wide receivers coming back. I'm telling you, man, we run that fast-paced offense, we can put up enough numbers, he'll win the highest. And I did not do it. You didn't do it. I did not do it. And I'm kicking myself in the butt every day. But, man, I cannot be more excited for what this program is headed. And that's one of the things that make me a little mad, just a little mad with the fans. Get in the stadium. We we act like we used to this. We should be packing this thing up. It's been a some years since we had this type of excitement at Ole Miss on the football field. Get in the stadium. Let's get behind these guys. Let's let's rally these guys and get these guys up to play. That's why I was telling you, it, you guys do not know what that does when you come out there for warm-up, the music is playing, you look around the stadium, the, the student section is jumping, the fans is calling your name. We need all of that. I'm excited where this program is headed. I don't want to get my bold prediction. I'll leave that. Will I see us in two years? I'll leave that. i just keep my fingers crossed, keep it to myself. But I think we're, we got some big things in store, man. We keep it going. What What do you see from the defense? Um, Lane Kiffin talked this week about, you know, two weeks ago against Arkansas, I think he was pretty frustrated. And then after the uh, the, the Tennessee game, he was, he was pretty pleased that, hey, you know, it was the defense that won a game in addition to Matt Corral, of course. But the defense won a game on Saturday in Knoxville. Well, well, I, I will say this: they are getting better and better. I think now that we do got to get some hogs up front. One hundred percent. I don't think we got enough ass up front. Just being honest with you, you got to get some big guys up front. You got to get some guys that can move lateral. I think that we're doing a great job with what we have. Guys are playing their ass off. They're giving it all they got. I did not know that. Uh, I think what I seen today: Sam is leading the SEC in sacks. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, 44 Chance Cam, hell of a player. I love watching him play. I love his hustle and what he brings to the defense. I think we got a bunch of guys that's buying in. Is it room for us to get better? Of course, we need to get bigger bodies. We need to get guys that can uh, rush the passer a little bit more efficient. But I think we're going to be good. We, those guys are getting better and better. They, they look like they're buying in. Those guys are hard to get, obviously, those big-time defensive linemen. You know this well. You were one. Everybody recruits you when you're, when you're one of those guys. What does Ole Miss have to do to get to that place where they land some of those guys? Is it winning? Is it NIL? What, what, what is, is it fan support? Well, I think, I think, I just think just continue to keep winning, for us to continue to keep winning, uh, for us to continue to pack the stable. When those recruits come in, when they see the excitement, I know when I was getting recruited, the excitement of the game days, that played a big role on my on my decision. I think that we just need to continue doing what we're doing. I like the way uh what what Lane bring to the what Lane bring to the table with the clipboard throwing the way, party on the sideline. All of that matters. All of that matters. I think we just need to continue to do what we do. I think that we're gonna be fine. We're gonna get the guys that we need in there. I think I I believe in those guys. They're gonna do a good job of recruiting and get the guys we need. We just we, we recognize what we need. We need some hogs up front. I know Eli Manning was a little before your time, but you, you guys, you, you both played in the NFL, and you know how good you have to be to play as long as he played, obviously. What what did he – you kind of followed him a little bit. What 
What uh, what did he mean to the program? What did he mean when when you were playing, and then when you got into the NFL? What what were your impressions of Eli Manning? What did he mean to the program, Neil? They got his name in the end zone. Come on, <laughs> what he mean? I think I see. Uh, I can't remember who said it. It was like, "Is no program ever got more out of a last name than Ole Miss have got out of the Mannings." <laughs> so I mean, that's that speaks volume within itself. So he means a lot, man. Everybody loved Eli. They know he was a hell of a player on both levels. Uh, the guy is just a phenomenal guy. I love watching him and Peyton and they show. I mean, he means the world to Ole Miss. Uh, I actually got a picture when we played me, John, Jerry, and Kendrick Lewis. I got a picture. I'm going to post it on Twitter uh, probably tomorrow when I got to dig it up. But uh, hell of a player, great person, uh, hell of a role model. I'm just glad he's one of ours. Hey, I always have admired your story. I've told you this before. I told you this when I was covering you. How did you, given all the things that happened to you when you were coming out of high school and really the links that people went to prevent you from playing, you finally got cleared. You finally were able to have your career. You always stayed positive. You always kind of stayed, um, I don't know, jovial. You, 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 know, you, you never let it make you bitter, at least outwardly. I'm sure that inwardly there were times when it, it probably – pissed you off and made you bitter and hurt your feelings and all that, but you never let anybody see that. How did, how did you do that? Well, that's just how I cope with things. And also it, it wasn't going to solve anything. I mean, just though, I mean, there wasn't no need for me to just give any outbursts on it. People know how I felt just like any other kid, teenage kid will feel trying to get into school. I don't know why they picked me out of all people just to give me hell, but, once I set my mind to something that I want to succeed in it, then I'm going to put my nose, put my face down, and I'm going to grind towards it. And it was one of those things there that I think that the only way to erase those things was to be successful. My pops used to always say it's easy to tell people why you did it and why you didn't do it. So it was one of those things I said, man, I'm not quitting until I, until I succeed at this. This is where I want to be. I promised my mama three things. I was going to buy a house, graduate from college, and make it to the NFL. Those are my three goals, and I got to make it. This is what I got to do. I don't know why they're giving me hell, but I ain't giving up. And I just didn't give up, and I kept pushing forward. And as I seen those guys start to have success on the field while I was trying to get into school, I knew I wanted to be out there and play with those guys. Me, John, Jerry, Parager, all those guys went to hard grade. I knew I wanted to play with those guys because we worked so hard at Hargrave. I worked my butt off in high school just to make it to the level. I had a dough shed in your face. I just wasn't going to take no for an answer. I don't know if you remember this, but when I was in Mobile, I got sent to Hargrave to do a story on, on Hargrave and all the players that were there, football, basketball, and you were one of the guys that I talked to at that time. And I remember that it just kind of how determined you were at that point. Like, hey, it's I'm going to make it work out. And it's, it's going to yeah. it take a little Maybe. while, but – one by far one of the hardest years I ever had in my life. <laughs> Happened to walk three quarters of a mile to practice on an air strip. Then happened to walk back after practice and having to get cleaned up in a well, I think we had like six stalls, six hour shower stalls, and having to walk up at uh about another quarter mile and get on company street and salute a flag before you march to dinner. And having a what a ninth grader tell you when you can and can't eat, man, that was one of the roughest times of my life. And I went through that. And I said, you know what? I didn't do all of that just to quit this easy. I got to keep pushing and keep pushing, and things gonna get better, man. I got to make it, man. You still cooking as much as you used to? You used to talk as we were. You were well, talking, Ole Miss. You would talk about how much you cooked. It was like one of the things. Well, we you know that. You know that's gonna always be in me. I love to cook, man. I and I, my brother them always joke with me. I had bought a grill. They said, "Man, you gonna burn the damn grill up? All the cooking you do." I mean, every time they holler cooking, I said, "Let's fire the grill up." But I'm just trying to make better choices. Like I told you, uh, I'm trying to get the weight down. So, so I'm just trying to watch what I eat. But we fire the grill up. I'm doing some cooking. My mom likes for me to cook. So whenever I'm around and whenever I'm down there and uh, whenever I'm home, I usually fire the grill up or cook or whatever she wants. Kind of catered to her. So 
So you told me you had some bold predictions. I, I, I sense that you're going to keep some of them in. I'll ask for a couple of them. What do you uh, What do you look for on Saturday? What's going to happen? I think we're going to blow them out. I really do. I think that I'm going to be honest with you. Well, a lot of these kids that's playing don't know. They don't know Ed. I think the stadium is going to be rocking. They're going to feed off that energy, and that's what's going. That's what's going to fire them up. And then it's LSU. We know what just happened with Ed. I think I think the crowd gonna be into it. That's gonna that's gonna light a fire on those guys even more. And I think we're gonna I think we're gonna hit them in the mouth hard. I think we're gonna I think it's gonna be a high scoring. I think we're gonna beat them by at least seventeen or better. Matt Corral win the Heisman. Oh man, one hundred percent. I'm mad that I didn't go take my bet. What were the odds at the time that you could have put the money down? Um. I can't remember, but I think he was like, I want to say he was like pick six to win it, fifth or sixth, so the odds was higher. Probably like so, 30, 30 to one or something in there. Probably. Yeah, yeah, it was high. So, like, if I could have put me a couple grand on that, man, that would have been cheesing now. <laughs> cheesing right now. You won't, ball, get, you won't get those odds now, Jarrell. Nah, not at all. I <laughs> dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. And I told my buddies now. You broke up on me just a little bit right there. But I will, Neil, I will give you one of my I will give you one of my bold predictions. I think that I think well, first of all, I'm hoping that uh Auburn beat Alabama this year. We run the table, we get in that thing. One of the, one of my bold future predictions is I think that if we get some bodies up front, Lane would do a great job. We ain't worried about that off. I ain't worried about that off. We get some bodies up front. We get some guys that are ready to play. And I think we can go to the Natty in the next year or two easily. That would surely make a lot of people that are listening to this very happy. And and I know seeing you uh, today and getting to talk to you and, and hear from you makes them happy as well. Really appreciate you doing it. Would love to do it again sometime soon. Um, glad to talk to you. Glad you're doing well. And uh, again, thanks. Man, I'm glad you had me on. Man. Anytime you need me or anytime you want to bring me on, man, I'm be welcome. To, I'm welcome to come back, bro. All right, Jarrell. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks again for uh, joining us. We'll talk to you soon. I hope. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford, Lamons 1126 North Lamar Boulevard. They've been serving the Oxford area for more than 73 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or give them a call at 662-234-2777. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call 662-429-4429. Also brought to you by the College Corner, it's one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, the College Corner is next to Fleet Feet, and in Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com, mypinwealth.com. They are based in Madison, Mississippi. They uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. Again, mypinwealth.com. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Thinking about traveling this holiday season, already planning next summer's big family getaway? Make sure you make it a special trip and one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. To do that, get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He'll give you options you won't find on your own. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, look no further than Grenada Nissan. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist. 
with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson, and Oxford Service Specialist has been connecting candidates and employers since 1967 as the oldest staffing company in Mississippi. Whether you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, whether you're in engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, get in touch with Service Specialist. They're always looking for candidates that have potential and want to learn and get their foot in the door with growth opportunities. And know this, it's a small state. Service Specialist always knows about jobs that never get advertised. They also know about quality uh, names and resumes that aren't exactly out there online. So if you're thinking about uh, looking to make a hire or if you're thinking about looking to relocate to Mississippi but you have confidentiality concerns, Service Specialist can take care of you either way. No referral fees for those searching for a job either. you got nothing to lose. 662-832-5138 or go to servicespecialistltd.com. Alpha Specialties is located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. They're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. They've got Hallmark Cargo Trailers. They can also work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. Spare tires and wheels, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, and they also can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar. Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450, I-55 North in Jackson, or therogue.com. And guys, basketball is right around the corner, and the Oxford Park Commission has opened registration for the 2022 youth season. Leagues are open for ages 7 to 15 this season. The cost to play, $50 per participant. The season begins January the 3rd. It runs through February the 24th. Games are played on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday evenings with no more than two games in a week for teams. So go to OxfordParkCommission.com today to sign up your son or daughter for OPC basketball. That was Jarrell Poe, one of my favorite guys I've ever covered anywhere. Um, just a fantastic human being. Yeah, I yeah. mean, not just a, that's that's who he is. He's a fantastic guy. Um, dealt with so much crap. Yeah. From inside his own school, from the NCAA. Yeah. Would have been justified a couple of times to just go fingers up yeah, we and got, do something crazy. We were independent, but we almost got in trouble when I was at the DM because our cartoonist did a lot of making fun of Pete and the administration surrounding Jarrell at the time, and it did not go over incredibly well, but it was right. Um, so. He stuck it out. He's a graduate. Um had a good career. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Had a really good quote group with that defensive line. I mean, even beyond him, like Tracy Rocker and like the co- the coaches that came through oh, there. I mean, parade. Tracy is a fantastic quote. And Listen, I know that a lot has transpired since then, but of course. if you didn't ask hardcore football questions, Greg Hardy was a fantastic interview back then. Kentrell Lockett was in that group. He was great to talk to. Well, yeah, we always told the story. I mean, that day everybody started sitting Indian style around Greg Hardy because he was sitting Indian style on the ground at at practice because David Brandt sat down. That was before my time. And so literally there's just like – it looks like a kindergarten circle (laughs) with Greg Hardy. And he starts giving – his quotes are all about calligraphy. Yeah. He was big into like graphic design and calligraphy and stuff. So you never knew where the hell that was going over the course of the uh, the, the interview. I mean – that was back in a day, too, where I don't think the emphasis on mental health is where it was today. I think people, I think Greg could have gotten help today that he didn't probably get back then. You know, like, yeah. missed a practice because he wanted to draw and people kind of lost it. And that was kind of a warning sign that, hey, there's a little. There's well, a little yeah, you never knew what Greg you were getting. I mean, there would be days where. It just wasn't the right cleats. I mean, the, the most mundane, right. innocuous things in the world. It just that was it for the day. He decided was, he didn't like his cleats, and that was that. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 
Yeah. Between that and him almost killing himself coming down the escalator. Uh, yeah. The, the, the week of practice for the first Cotton Bowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> David Brandt always stumbled into the best stories. Like, David happened to be the one guy there when Greg goes tumbling down the elevator in the escalator, and he's like, I think I'm onto a big story here. No, I mean, God, I. I... In today's world, I don't even know that I can tell it, but Dave's story about being at the Jackson, Tennessee minor league game when they were announcing the schools in attendance. Do you remember this? I don't remember that one. Can I tell the story? I don't know. I don't I don't know that I've heard this one. I mean, it's 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 not making fun of anybody. Make that clear. But you gotta put yourself in the moment. So I think I've heard this one. Should I tell this or not? Are we okay? This is the school for the Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it yes or no? <laughs> I think you can. I mean, people are so sensitive now that I don't know. I mean. Okay. Let me think about it. it might be a hand-raised guys thing tonight. <laughs> might have to come back tonight when whatever. I I, I got to think about that. I might, I might want to workshop it a little bit before I, before I just do it. Because anyway. you're, you're going to fall out laughing if I tell it. it. It's really, really good. But anyway, maybe tonight. Well, well, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm being a buzzkill. I understand it. But I just need to think about it for a minute. Or we get David to tell it yeah, so that maybe. it's in trouble. Hey, Brent, you want to come on the show tonight? <laughs> Two minutes. He's got one question. Oh, yeah, David, need, need story time with David for just two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's it. Now they want you to tell it. So tell it. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Okay. So he's covering the Jackson, Tennessee minor league baseball team. And um, <laughs> I know I, I get it. Y'all are yelling at me. And they're doing, they're in, like a bunch of school, it's like school night or whatever at the, at the stadium. And they're, Pretty good crowd. He covered a lot of dudes. Like that ended up being like was yeah. it the Dodgers ended up being most of that Dodgers team on their run back yeah, in the day. Yeah, and a lot of Cubs from the, some of their good teams. Yep. Yeah. So when they're when, when they're doing it, um, they start out and you know you everybody's polite and whatever around the thing and it's like welcome University School of Jackson. Hey, you know <laughs> welcome Harding High. Hey, I'd like to welcome you know Smith and whatever. Hey, the Tennessee School for the Deaf. Silence. He goes, literally, there was nothing in the entire thing. Like, he goes, you're hearing like these little pockets come up all over the place. And then that was it. Just absolutely nothing. And he said, he said, I'm looking around the press box going, nobody else really? And he's like, I'm dying. He's like, I'm having a panic attack in my seat laughing at this. And nobody else is doing anything. Like, everybody's trying to act like it, whatever. But it's, it, he's, David has stumbled into a lot of great stories, but he's also a terrific storyteller. He he's much better than either one of us yeah. on the voices oh, and the sounds sure. and hitting the, the timing and whatever that I, I couldn't breathe the first time he told me the story the way he was telling it as it, as it went through. But it was really, really, really funny. Um, we don't necessarily have time to go through all the picks. It's up, Neil's picks on rebelgrove.com. But um, what are you interested in? What's kind of the from, – from the week ahead, what are the couple that are grabbing you? Ole Miss LSU. Outside of the league, Clemson Pitt. I'm fascinated. That's my that lock of the week. Weekend. You have Pitt in a lock. Pitt's a lock. They're good offensively. They're good. And Clemson's not good. Clemson's got a name. They're not good. There's a problem there. They can't score. And Pitt's got a quarterback picket that's really good. I think the I think Pitt might light them up. The game I'm really interested in is Ole Miss LSU because I just don't know what to expect. I, I don't know how beat up Ole Miss is. I don't, Both teams are beat to hell. Does Braylon play? If Braylon plays, can he play effectively? I've had two different people who I trust tell me this is all about Braylon. What do you mean? Like Braylon's the one guy that can completely – because, look, LSU's going to play man. That's what LSU does. They're going to play man. They're not going to suddenly, and if they do, Ole Miss will pick it apart. They're not going to suddenly play some umbrella coverage. They're going to play man. And if there's no Braylon, they're going to bracket Dontario Drummond, mm -hmm. who I think's hurt. They're going to take him out of the game. And then it's going to be, okay, who else is going to beat you? And now it's going to be up to a Dan. And you Jackson. understand why Marat, my, Matt runs 30 times. And Matt can't run 30 times this time. He just can't. It's mm -hmm. not sustainable. So someone has to step up, whether it's Dennis, whether it's Jerry Neely out of the backfield, whether it's Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor having the day of their lives. Now, you can run on LSU, mm -hmm. but and you'll hear this if you watch the show today or you watch it over the weekend. Pete DeWeese is concerned about this game. 
LSU can get physical up front. Yeah, they're young, but they're super talented. And I don't know what Ole Miss looks like on the offensive line. Caleb Warren's hurt. Jordan Rhodes is hurt. I have no idea he might be the healthiest person in the freaking world, but the rumors on Ben Brown will not stop. For whatever that is freaking worth, I don't know. I'm tired of it, frankly. So I think they're false, by the way. I think to the severity, but I have yeah. no clue past that. Yeah. Um, it's it's a weird game. From a matchup standpoint, it's a strange game because both teams kind of have these things that can work and not work. And yeah. It, it's, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, so you go into this game potentially with no Braylon. I was told beginning of the week he's week to week. Yeah. There's no Braylon. There's no uh there's no um Mingo. Mingo. There's no Rogers. Yeah. That's that's a lot of weapons. And then at least two offensive linemen. Yeah, that's a lot of weapons. That's a lot of stuff there. And then look, I think Lane was being a little dramatic on Monday, but I think it's safe to assume that Matt's not completely healthy. I'm sure he's banged up. And then on the other side, you know, Johnson's a weird quarterback. He throws off his back foot a lot. Will float balls. You can you can make him make mistakes. He's not this super uh, mobile guy, but he's more mobile than he gets credit for. And I think this is a big game for Ole Miss because I think next week's a nightmare for Ole Miss. I'm not saying Ole Miss can't win at Auburn. Or Next Miss, week is the most losable game left on the schedule. But sure. but look, Auburn's fresh. They get a week off. I don't know how much you watched of their game against Arkansas, but Bo Nix was not only good, Bo Nix was terrific against Arkansas. And Auburn can run the ball. They're good up front. They've got a couple of good backs. And, and um, the kid from Mississippi and then Bigsby. Jerk was Hunter. Hunter. I couldn't think of his name. Sorry. I'm going to show Central. Um, you know, they they don't have the best defensive backfield in the world, but they're pretty good up front on defense. I mean, they Auburn's going to present problems. And Ole Miss doesn't go to Auburn and win much. And they'll be excited there. They're they're playing well, coming off of an open date. So they'll be 5-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in the league. They still get a shot at Alabama at home at the end of the year. I mean, Auburn can talk itself into, hey, we control our own destiny. So they'll be jacked for that game. And I think it's a difficult assignment for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a really important game from a season standpoint. Oh, sure. The part of it, I had someone ask me, and it was a great, and he, it was a great uh, message the way he sent it was, hey, are you going to write something about how important this weekend is from an atmosphere standpoint? And I said, no, not really, and I'll tell you why, because I think it's going to take care of itself. It's going to be sold out. The atmosphere is going to be great. It's going to be loud. It's going to be all the stuff. I, I think the red um, end zones with Manning in it is, is a stroke of absolute genius, and not just about Arch, but about Eli. Of course. It, yeah. it, it sends a message to players, other players, that you value your former players. They have all these former players coming back. Lane gets that in spades. I think the atmosphere part takes care of itself. I think the atmosphere will be fantastic. So that that whole part, I don't I don't get into that. And the the prospects won't. If let's say Ole Miss loses for the sake of it, prospects don't walk out of the stadium or leave Oxford or whatever and go, well, they lost. That's that. Yeah, no. no, it just doesn't doesn't work like that. But um, from a game standpoint, and then there there are people who are like, hey, look, I think Ole Miss is going to. I think Ole Miss could boat race them. I've had people who know football say that. You know, who knows what LSU does? There's so many wild cards with LSU. Do they play hard? Do they have a letdown? What's this week been like? There's so much there. It's a, it's a really intriguing game. I and mean, there's some other games I'm interested in, but frankly, that's the one that mm-hmm. really gets me. I mean, I'm a little interested in uh, Oregon, UCLA, just because uh, I think Wisconsin-Purdue is an interesting game, but nothing nothing even nowhere close to as riveting as LSU Ole Miss is because yeah, – sure. Look, if Ole Miss wins this game big, Chase, we, I mean, shot. suddenly you, you you go to Auburn with momentum and maybe some guys get healthy and, you, you know. Pull you, it off. You get two weeks to get, yeah. It kind of yeah, I mean, look, they're not losing to Liberty. Yeah. You get two weeks to get ready for A&M, who's playing super well right now, you know, and that's 
That's the interesting part. But mm-hmm. I think I think the first quarter of the LSU game is pretty critical because I think if you can hop on them, human nature kicks in where they, those guys go, ah, you know, this film session, the guy that's yelling at you in film session, he's not going to be there in a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so play for him once and play for him over and over and over again, whole different thing. Uh, just quickly, baseball last night, a couple blowouts. Braves win 9-2 over the Dodgers. They really controlled throughout. It was the Braves' bullpen game, and they uh, smiley gave them three or four critical innings there to to keep that in in, in, in bay. And, they had uh, some really good at-bats early did. against Urias, or however yeah. you say his name. And um, Freeman had a huge night. Yeah, and then the, when, when the Dodgers threatened a little bit, they, it back. they yeah. closed them out, and then they added runs on. Yeah, five two, and then boom. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they went nine two. They um, get a Dodger bullpen game today. Yeah, it gets freed. And the Dodgers had to use some bullpen arms that they probably didn't want to use. That was probably for Dave Roberts. The way that went down yesterday worst was probably case. worst case. Yeah. And then the AL nine one Astros over Red Sox. So three two headed back to Houston. Uh, Houston needing just one of those to uh, to close it out. <laughs> Um, Zach, there is a soft verbal today. We're going to do one around eleven fifteen. Is the plan? Um, do you watch Coach Thirty on Twitter? When you show it to me, the Iowa one was good stuff. It was at the end where he goes, "You just just end it. You should just end it now." And he's like, "What playing playing football? Well, that too. Well, that." <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Justin Turner, by the way, out for the year. Even if the Dodgers do make a little bit of a run here, he had a grade two hamstring injury last night. Mm. He's uh, he's done for the year. So Astros blew out the Red Sox. Yeah, nine one. We didn't even talk about it. Coastal Carolina goes down to App State last night. Mountaineers getting it done. Yeah, I know all the national media is going to have to calm down on their McCall talk because I mean that oh, that God. Coastal quarterback. I mean, I think they're all voting for him for Heisman last night. So. I mean, at one point, I think it was Stuart Mandel who said he did not believe there was another quarterback in college football who could have made that throw. I was like, they Coastal lo- Carolina. Those guys, they with with exceptions. Andy Staples is an exception. Uh, Ross, Ross Dellinger. Yeah, he, he. I don't think he hangs out with those guys. But some of those guys, they get in this, and and it's groupthink. And they will talk themselves into a narrative and, by God, ride the narrative until they are blue in the face. I know. And he's a nice quarterback. He's good. He's, he's fine. fine. He's good. Yeah, he's done a good job there. Yeah. But, yes, they've lost. So, um, uh, i got a few things I've written down for hand-raised guys tonight. So, we'll talk a little while, then we'll take your calls. Glad we have the, the system fixed. Um some other stuff coming up at as well. A lot of recruiting over the next uh, 24 hours or so uh, also as they head into, again, a huge visit weekend. Eli Manning Day, Ole Miss LSU, plenty of pomp and circumstance and actual substance to, to the uh, the weekend for the Rebels and the Tigers. So we really appreciate Mike Espy today. Appreciate Jarrell Poe for joining us and hope you're back with us again tonight. So for, uh, for the day, for uh, Neil and myself, we will talk to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.